Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 18th of June 2017, entitled God's Instructions for Godly Fathers. And the Bible reading is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. If you'd like to be opening your Bibles, Old Testament book of Deuteronomy this morning, chapter 6. Okay, we're going to begin with a reading of the first five verses. I do invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's holy and precious word, beginning in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. May the Lord richly add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. Just a reminder on this Father's Day, there's certainly not a dad among us that, that is a perfect dad. And as I've already stated earlier, I guess as we think back and as we look back, that some will have some great memories and there may be some that have some painful memories. There's one thing that we have in our Father in heaven that is one of the greatest attributes that a Father on earth can ever have. That's to be there. This simple little video was just a thank you for all the times, for all the calls that were answered. Dad, you may not always have knew the answer. <laughs> you may not always have known what you were getting into. You may not even have had any earthly idea what you were supposed to do. You see, our Father in heaven has promised to never leave us, to never forsake us, that he is always, always, always there for us. And I want to encourage you dads today that even when you know the answers and when you don't, when you feel like it and when you don't, the one thing that you can always do for your children is to be there when they call, to be there when they call. Father's Day is a time to pay tribute, and we just want to pay tribute and recognize and say thank you to the dads that are here today because it is a true fact that whether you had a model dad that could not have been more perfect whether you had a dad that, that maybe has left some painful memories or whether you knew your dad at all, you would not be the unique creation that you are today. You are made by the hand of God, but you are made through the man and the woman that is your mom and your dad in this life. And that's the way God created it to be. You could not be the person you are, the unique person that you are, the creation that you are, were it not for your dad. So there's a room. When the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother, he doesn't say honor them when they get it right and don't when they get it wrong. He doesn't say honor them when they deserve it, but not when they don't. He says, honor thy father 
and thy mother, <laughs> that thy days may be long upon this earth. We find that even in our reading here today that as we look here, we find that the Bible is, is dealing with a chosen people, God's chosen people, God's people, but a people that hadn't followed God and therefore had been taken into captivity, and now they've come out of that captivity, and this new nation is being established in this land that he's promised to give to them. And of course, as he comes through Moses here to teach these people how that things can be good for them in the land that they're going in to possess. There are some very foundational concepts that are given to us here. And the truth is, is that I know that some would say that they use Canaan as a type of heaven, but I don't. I believe Canaan is where we live on this earth with God. It's the, it's the promises we have here. There'll be no giants over there. There may be no battles to be fought in that Canaan land. We have a God with us this here in the land that we're in right now. We have a perfect world coming one day. But he's giving them practical lessons here on the things that will help them. And I believe these are things. There's just five words that I want to give to you this morning. You see, we all have something to be thankful for when it comes to our fathers, even if it's life itself on this earth. But we also have so much to be thankful for for our Father which is in heaven. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. It does matter for all kind of reasons that if we're going to be fathers in this life, and believe me, I know, I don't think there's a father alive that wouldn't feel the same as me when I look back. Boy, I sure wish I'd known some of that in the beginning. <laughs> I sure wish that I had done this different or that different if I had it to do over. Because in your heart, there are no words to describe the love that you have for those children that God has blessed you with. And I believe that when a father has that desire in his heart, we've been singing much this morning for a specific reason about the love of God the Father, his love for us. And you know, Sometimes we get it wrong as dads, and sometimes the children get it wrong as children. God's love isn't based on when we get it right or when we get it wrong. It's based on the fact that none of us deserve it. You see, that's what grace and mercy are all about. We find that, on the one hand, that great Agape love of God, that unconditional love, that always giving love. It is a love that knows no limits. It is a love that has no conditions upon his love for you. But just as in this life, we can accept or we can receive. But we find that I just want to remind you today that one of the first verses we learn as children, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We've looked at that other passage in 1 John 3, 16, a number of times lately that hereby perceive we the love of God 
Hereby we know, hereby we see that he gave his son on Calvary for each and every one of us. I want to remind you that God loves you today. And as dads, you may not, a lot of times you may not know the answers. And you may look back when you get to, to be an old man like me and your kids are grown and they're having their own children and the grandchildren are coming along and you may have some regrets. But I trust and pray. I trust and pray that you can know in your heart that you not only did the best you could, but that you tried to do it God's way. You can't change yesterday, but we can move forward from where we are today. The things we know, the things we don't know. <laughs> I'm reminded of the fellow that went to visit a sea captain on the, it happened to be on the east coast of the United States, and of course, he didn't have a lot of time at sea, but as he went, this sea captain was going out to, to check his lobster traps. And so he invited this friend, well, come along with me while I go out to, to check my lobster traps and see if we've got any catch or not. So he goes along. But when he gets down there to the boat and he starts to get on board, I mean, man, this fog is so thick, you can hardly see anything. And so they head out to sea in this boat, and he, you know, so foggy, and he's looking around, and he asks the captain a very serious question. He says, do you know where the rocks are out here? The captain said, nope. Don't know where one of them's at. So, well, how do you keep from running into them? He said, because I know where they ain't. <laughs> he said, I don't really need to know where they are if I know where they ain't, and I'm going where they ain't. <laughs> Some things you learn because you know something for a fact. Some things you learn by experience, and you know what not to do and where not to go. Today, as we look at these few things here in God's Word and understanding the setting, guys, you may just want to remember them. Middle, write them down. I haven't even bothered to literate these and start them all with the same letters. We're taking words directly straight out of the Word of God. First of all, these words that I believe that God would give to you today, that these are God's instructions on how you can be a godly father. You won't always get it right. You'll mess up along the way sometimes. But I promise you, the best way the way to know that things are going to be good for you in the future is to do it God's way. Verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. May I say the first thing you need to do, dads, is hear. Hear the truth. Hear the truth that can only come from God. I don't know about you. But, I mean, I was so excited about becoming a dad. And, man, I wanted to know everything there was about being a dad. And I wanted to learn all these things. And, man, you start reading all these books by all these great child psychiatrists and all these people that are professionals and one saying this and one saying something else. And before you know it, man, you're more confused than when you started. There's one instruction manual that will never take you wrong. God's Word. Hear the truth. This is where it's got to start, folks. You know, this is where you'll come to faith in knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where you'll learn how to be a godly dad, not from the world, 
not from all the smart people with all the fantastic education they might have. If you want to know how to be a godly dad the way that God wants it done, the way that God planned for it to be done, then hear the truth. You see, there probably was no greater foundation in the truth that was being taught to the nation of Israel here than this fact that the Lord our God is one Lord. <laughs> it begins with Him. It finishes with Him. There is one God. There is one Lord. And if we take away that, then most of the other doctrines are just going to come tumbling down anyway. Hear the truth of our God, of who He is, of what He wants from you. He is the one and only true living God. He is in this society that though people will often not admit it, in a society with all their gods that are fickle and inconsistent and immoral and all the things that go along with it, hear the truth of our Lord. Recognize that there is one true Lord, one God in your life. Give Him that rightful place. Listen to Him. Recognize that He, above all else, I know the world will think some of these things are foolishness. They'll think you're old-fashioned. They'll think all kinds of weird and not-so-wonderful things about you a lot of times. Hear the truth. Do it God's way. Perceive and gain the, the knowledge that He has for you. You see, the context here of hearing the truth, it carries with it in its original tone, a continuing process. It's a constant hearing, a constant deepening of our faith, a constant literally learning from God and knowing no matter how old we get, there's still more to hear from Him. You've heard me say it so many times. <laughs> the older you get, the more you read it, the more thousands of sermons that you prepare from it, the more you teach it, the more all those things, the more that you find that you'll never, ever, Get to the depths of it. It's inexhaustible. The more you go, the further you can go. The deeper you dig, the deeper you can dig. There is nothing else like it in all the world. Hear the truth of God's Word. I'm not saying that there aren't some wise things that you can learn about being dads from the world, but nothing surpasses. Hear the Lord. Know that He is the one Lord, the one God, the Creator of all. It's just His Word. He has the instructions to give to you. Make sure that that's the basis of the knowledge that you have. But notice what he says here. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hear, O fathers, there is one Lord. There is one God. And I hope and pray today that He is your God, because there is absolutely no way that you can gain the instruction from Him if you don't know Him and hear Him and listen to Him. We find that He goes on here to say in the next verse, in verse 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. You see, the first thing you need to do, fathers, is hear the Lord. The second is to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul. To the command to, to love God, a personal relationship, 
not some just distant, uncaring thing out there that has all this power. You may accept that there is some people like to get the idea that there is some kind of a, a being, a power, something that is behind all of this, some, some force that's out there, but they don't know him personally. You can't love an inanimate object. You can care a lot for it. But you've heard me say many times, a love relationship can only occur when both have the choice to love each other. You can't make somebody love you. But the greatest way to get somebody to love you is to love them, to love them, to gain that love in return. You see, our relationship with God is what matters. Not just that we know that there's something there, but that we have a personal relationship, a caring relationship. I shared with you how that, you know, when I first fell head over heels in love with my wife, it was like nothing that I'd ever experienced before. But she drove me batty. You know, one minute I asked her to be my wife. And yes, that's great, I'll do that. And then, no, I can't do that. And then, yes, I can do that. And then, no, I can't do that. You see, she was fighting this battle within. There was part of her that wanted to, but there was part of her that was afraid to is what it came down to. She was afraid of this guy that she had met. She was afraid of him carrying her off to some foreign land and leaving all of her family and everybody behind. There were all kinds of things there. Now, I told somebody where I come from in North Carolina, right at the foot of the, uh, the Appalachian Mountains, the Great Smokies there. Man, there's, there's a lot of just this cabins out in the middle of those woods that nobody would find if they looked a lifetime for them. They'd never find those things. When she said no, I could have just tied her up and took her off to one of those cabins up in one of those mountains somewhere, and I could have locked her inside, and I could have said, I love you. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you, and you can't do anything about it. You know, God could have done that to you, but that's not love. That's not love. I could have been sincere in my heart that I just wanted to spend my life with her. And I was going to protect her. And I was going to feed her. And I was going to care for her. I was going to do all these things for her. But there would never have been a relationship of love unless she had the opportunity to choose to love me in return. Only when we loved each other. You see, God has shown and proved his love to you so great. Fathers, hear the Lord and love the Lord your God. Man, I'm going to tell you, if you're a father, you'll grasp a little bit of this. If you're not, you've got one of the most wonderful things in the world to look forward to. I, I shared with you in Bible study this morning, many times there are not words to express God and heaven and these things that we don't know on earth. We've never experienced them on earth. There aren't words to really express my love for my children. I couldn't. I wouldn't know how to. If I tried to, I would fail miserably. It's like we've been trying to answer this question about who is God. God is God. There is no other word to describe God except God. But folks, when we try to define love, 
love. The love that God has for you, the love that a father has for his child. You see, you need to hear the truth. This is what will make you a godly father. What God gives to you, the one Lord, the one God, just as the nation of Israel did. But you need to love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul. You see, the strange thing is, though you may love your children with an unspeakable love, the truth is, until you know the love of God, you don't know the depth of what love really is. You know a feeling, you know an emotion, you know things that you want to do and things that you don't want to do. You can know all those things, but there is no love like His. When you experience His love, only then can you begin to experience that love with others. Dads, you want to be a godly father or you just want to be a dad? You want to be a father the way that God planned it? Do you believe that God created you, that God put you here? Do you believe that God is responsible for the creation of your child? Hear the Lord. Don't leave this book on the shelf and listen to everything that man has to say to you when God has the greatest instruction book of all. Yes, you get it wrong. Not many of you can get it more wrong than I did. You can't mess up. You learn from those things and you go on, but you got to know that you, at least you're trying to do it God's way, not your way. Hear the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart because only when you truly love him with all your heart, he says here, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Oh, I wish, I wish I could explain. You see, you can. If you're not careful, you can end up loving your children on this earth less than what they deserve to be loved because God doesn't have the rightful place. Because you don't love Him with all your heart and soul and spirit, the more you love Him, the more you can love your children. It's not saying you can't love them. But I'm saying it's the depths of God's love that will give you a love, that you will be there in the little video that we saw earlier when they call, no matter what, no matter when it is, no matter what it is, doesn't matter whether you know the answer, doesn't matter if you know how to fix it or not, you're going to be there like God is for us. Our Heavenly Father is always there. But we're talking about instructions on how to be a godly parent down here. you got to hear. Circle that in your Bible. Hear the Lord your God. Listen to what man has to say, but this is your final instruction book right here. Do it God's way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Truly, truly give him first place in your life. You'll love your wife better. You'll love your children better. You'll do it all better because I promise you, just like me, you're going to mess up. You're going to get it wrong. There's going to be things that you're going to wish that you could do better. But at least follow the best instruction manual that you can and at least experience the greatest love that anybody can ever experience and allow that love to flow through you. Here, love. And then notice what he says in verse 7. And thou shalt teach. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. 
and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thou shalt be as the frontness between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. In other words, folks, teach your children. Teach them. He's saying, you know, no matter what you're doing, where you're going, what you're, what's going on in your house, may God's word. May God's truth teach them the principles that will change their life. You can teach them all the good things that they can do to be nice people, to be good people, to be caring people. But most of all, teach them to be children that love God. I've already told you, you can't make anybody love you. But the greatest way that you can encourage that is to love them. You can't make them love you. They'll choose that or not. Do you know this? You can't make anybody else, those that you love the most in this life, you can't make them love God. You can't make them love your heavenly Father. But they need to see that love in you. <laughs> Even when ours is such an imperfect, they need to see His love. We need to teach them His guidelines for their lives. They can learn so many things from the world, but when you take God out of the picture, it's all incomplete. It's not that it's all wrong. It's just that it's not complete without God. And man, God changes everything. The world has to figure out how to explain it without him being a part of it. That'll never be true knowledge. That'll never be the reality of it. You see, note the fervency of this love. We, we say these things a lot of times. I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my heart. Do we really mean that? Do we really mean with every ounce and fiber of our being? You see, it doesn't mean that you don't love anybody else. But when you say, I love you, to your spouse, to your child, to those in this world that mean the most, do you? You see, I don't believe that you can ever truly understand how to love with all your heart until you love God because he loved you with all of his heart, totally unconditional. It was impossible for you to do something to make him love you less. It is impossible for you to do anything to make him love you more when he loves you with a perfect love, an unconditional love. Love him with all your heart with your very being. Love him with your soul, the seed of man's very breath and consciousness and all that you are. Is he just some idea in your mind, something that you know about? Or is he someone that you truly love with all of your heart, with all of your soul? He says, with all of your might, your strength. In other words, this is something that's real. You love him. It's not just something you talk about. It's something you know from the very depths of your being. Wilbur Reese said this. He said, I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, but just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of him to make me love a, a black man or pick beets with a migrant or... I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I'd like to buy $3 worth of God, please. 
You see, I read that and I thought, boy, that's where most of the world's at. They just want a little bit of God that they can afford. They don't want their life changed too much. They don't want too much to change them, to make them have to in any way respond to this. But they, oh, they, they, they couldn't dare. They wouldn't want to come and say, oh, no, I don't love him. I don't want him to be a part of my life. But they just want enough of him to ease their conscience. Enough to think, well, I'm not denying him. We find that fathers, I wish every one of you happy Father's Day today. And I hope every one of you do a better job than I did. And I hope that all of you depend upon your Heavenly Father to do whatever that job is. But these are very simple instructions. Circle these words in your Bible. You see, the first one is to hear. The second one is to love. The third one is to teach. They're simple words. They're simple instructions that he's given to us right here. The Bible tells us to teach a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. That's no promise that they'll follow God. It's no promise that they'll follow those instructions. But I'll tell you this. What a horrible thought to stand before God one day and to know that you didn't even teach your child to follow God. You didn't teach the truth of the way. You didn't even give them the opportunity to choose for themselves. Hear, love, teach. There's so much there, but man, <laughs> that clock's trying to beat up on me again. <laughs> The fourth one, notice what he says down in verse 10. We actually, we actually read this right back in the, in the very beginning of our, our, our reading here. Verse 2, it says, that thou mightest fear the Lord. In verse 10, it says, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which we swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, Houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. In other words, he's sharing to them here, look, when you get into this land, you're going to have a lot of good, nice things. God's going to supply. There's going to be this and that. And some of them you didn't even work for. They were just there for you. But be careful. Be careful lest thou forget the Lord which brought you there in the first place. Not only the things that he made possible, but you wouldn't even be there if God hadn't allowed it. He was the one that brought you out of bondage. And I can say that to each and every one of you today. The way to know the blessings of God is to belong to him. You've got to come out of bondage, bondage to the flesh, bondage to sin. You've got to be set free. It's the truth that will set you free. That truth is only in Jesus Christ. Don't forget. Don't forget what God has done for you. Don't forget what God has brought you from. Verse 13, thou shalt fear. The Lord thy God and serve him and shall swear by his name. Now, it's interesting here because most of the time when we think of fear, we think of this horrible fright. Oh, because we think of something doing bad to us. We can't possibly fear God in that way because all things work together for good to them that love God. We have a God that loves us. We have a God that would not harm us, but 
we fear with this reverential trust, knowing he holds the power of the universe. He holds your future and everyone's future. Recognize him for who he is. Yes, he is a loving God. We find that he's teaching them here that you know, God needs to be given the rightful respect for who he is. I know that Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. A fear of God. A respect of who he is, knowing, knowing that he has your life in his hands. Oh, yes. He means nothing but the best for you. But you treat him like some piece of garbage or like he doesn't matter. He said, if you want to be a godly father, if you want the instructions of how you can do it, you will fail like we all fail. You'll get some things wrong. But in the midst, you can strive to be a godly father like God plans for you to be because in all of our human failings and weaknesses, only he can bring the good out of the bad. Hear. Hear the Lord. Hear what he says. Love the Lord with all of your heart. Love him with every ounce of your being. Teach. Teach your children. Teach them the truth of God's love. Teach them how much God loves them. Teach them what Jesus Christ has done for them. How dare you let them not know those things? Fear the Lord. Respect him for who he is in your life. Recognize that he is there, that he gave you life itself, that you wouldn't have anything without him. Don't forget him. Don't forget where he's brought you from. Don't forget. Recognize. Life can never, ever be the same without him as it can with him. We may not, as New Testament Christians living by grace, thanks God, we may not know a lot of the curses of the Old Testament, but we sure need the blessings. We need the blessings of God on our lives. We need God to take us in those directions. Fathers, there's so much, but my time is totally gone. Please, circle these words. You want to be a godly dad? I know you'll get some things wrong. We all do. Starting, though, would you just focus upon the godly instruction that God gives to you today. When we look at these things, do we realize that we need to hear the truth? We'll listen to what a lot of people say. Don't abandon the truth. Hear the truth. Love the Lord with all your heart. Love him first. And you know, it's just like, again, we've been looking at in recent weeks and our focus on our, on our missions for the coming year and whatnot. God says, how dare you say that you love me? How dare you say that I'm in your heart when you don't care for these that are around you, the brethren that are, that are suffering without? That's not the love of God. How can you say that's the love of God in your heart when you don't care about these others? Here, love. Love God with all your heart, and you'll love your children better. Don't ever put a condition on their love. God doesn't put a condition on his love for you. Don't ever put a condition on your love for your children. They please you or they displease you. Whether they make you happy or whether they break your heart, whatever they do, 
Never fail to love them like God loves you. Teach your children. You can teach them all the things. They can be saying their multiplication tables before they get to school, maybe. You can teach them all kind of wild and wonderful things, but teach them the Word of God. Let that be part of the teaching. Fear the Lord. Fear Him. Fear Him not in the fact of He's going to hurt you or do something bad to you. Feel Him. Fear Him for who He is, the rightful respect of all that He is. And then this final thing in verses 17 to 19, and I give you this in, in closing. Whoops. He says in verse 17, Ye shall diligently, and there's another word there you can circle, keep. Ye can diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath committed to thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies before thee as the Lord hath spoken. What are you saying? <clears throat> you can know it. You can quote it from cover to cover. But if you don't live it, it's not going to matter. Keep his word. First thing you have to do is hear it. But once you've heard it, you know, he doesn't want us to be hearers only. He wants us to be doers. He says here to keep his word. Listen, hear, love, teach, fear, keep. There's another way to remember it as well. For God's word, we've got to hear it, and we've got to keep it. For the Lord, we've got to love him, and we've got to fear him. And for our children, we've got to teach them. All of these actions... Two of the actions we do for his word in hearing it and keeping it. Two of the actions we do for the Lord himself in loving him with all of our heart and giving him the respect that's due to him. And thirdly, teaching all of this to our children. Psalm 127, 1, Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Wow. We can work. I mean, we can work till we got nothing left in us to give. We can sacrifice it all. We can work day and night. We can do everything that we can, but unless the Lord builds the house, you're building it in vain. That's the only way that it's going to stand. Father, this morning we're trying to honor dads, and Lord, we've just tried to touch, and Lord, I know better than anybody. Lord, these five words that we've just picked out of this passage, these instructions from you to hear, to love, to teach, to fear, and to keep. Father, these are just some things that will help us to be better dads. We know we'll always be imperfect. We know that we'll still make mistakes. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to desire to be the best that we can. For us men, there's no greater responsibility in this life that you give to us than the responsibility of these lives that you put in our care. Lord, please help us today. Help us that in all that we do, that we may strive to be godly fathers that you would have us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing for a, uh, a closing hymn. I hope that you will sing this from your heart this morning. Um, you want to see in the hymn, it's number 343, but the words will be on the screen. And it's truly, can you say this morning that you belong to the Lord? that you've heard his voice, that you'll do what it is. And, of course, the chorus tells us that we want to be drawn nearer and nearer to him. May I say to you, dads, and give you a lot of advice this morning, but there's nothing that will help you more.
than being drawn near to the Lord. We're here for you today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I don't want to ever have a service here, but we don't invite you. Please, please come today. I know that we've been talking about our Heavenly Father, but we have shared with you, your Heavenly Father loved you so much that he gave his Son on the cross for you. And if you haven't experienced that, if you've just known about him, but you don't know him personally, please come let us take God's word. Let us show you how that you can know him personally today. He died for you personally. He died for your sins to be forgiven. We want to share that with you so very, very much. Fathers, if you're here and you do know the Lord, then take these simple bits of instruction. It'll help you to be a godly father. Thank you.